Here's what's coming up on this week's show. They just need to extrapolate that and use it in, in a different way. Oh, whoa, whoa, Stop. whoa, whoa. Claire, did you write that down? No, because I wouldn't know how to spell it. <laughs> Extrapolate. <laughs> That's some brilliant one, Carl. The Beat. Welcome to The Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to The Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Now, if you've listened to us before, you know what I'm about to say. But if it's your first time here, hi. Uh, where you been? We're into episode, this is episode 90 now, Claire. I know. 10 away from the triple figures. <laughs> 10 away from 100. Fancy that. <laughs> we can count on everything. It does get more complicated than that, though, because we're the podcast that talk about small businesses and have a bunch of experts that come on who can help us uh, to grow as small businesses now if you have listened to us before or whether you haven't if you could do two things for us that would be great one make sure you hit follow on that podcast platform so you don't miss out on future episodes and two leave us a review really important because that helps to big us up in podcast land yes so today we are going to be talking all about loyalty schemes and loyalty cards and why we should use them or not use them yeah they've been around for a long while haven't they and I, I no doubt most people have got one or two in their wallet or they've got an app that gives them a, um, you like points or mm. um, I don't know whether I don't, uh, do they do points now I noticed with Tesco if I can drop a name with the mm. club card you just get discount on certain items that you wouldn't have if you weren't a club card member yes that's right so you've got the the reductions right in front of you on the item rather than the points but um yeah, I mean, I haven't had a huge amount of experience of them. Um, to be honest with you, I tend to lose the cards when I get given a loyalty card or a reward. <laughs> but that's probably just me, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to be talking to actually a return guest, another return guest, Carl Hinder. So, Carl Hinder is going to be joining us. And what Carl does is he's a business coach for lots of different industries, including salons, uh, restaurants, and has worked with some of the really big, big names in business. And he's going to be talking to us about what his thoughts are on loyalty cards and how we can potentially use these to benefit our business and increase our profit. Yeah, because even though you might think of a loyalty scheme as something that only big businesses do, there are definitely ways that we can use something similar uh, to help us as a small business. So let's find out what Carl has to say. This is the Big Little Business Show. So Carl, what I'd like to ask you to start off with is what is a loyalty scheme what actually is it well if you think about it originally the clue would have been in the name it would have been about trying to tie your clients into some sort of uh, loyalty structure and i think the thing that triggered this conversation was when i actually said that i didn't believe in them anymore i don't think that the the essence of loyalty is very common in most industries whether it's the industry i'm in or across retail or small business so the essence is, you know, I want to tie you in. I want to reward my loyal clients. Uh, I want to thank you for the relationship that we have. And I think there are varying degrees of that. And I think there are some modern versions of it. But maybe the old version isn't as as valuable as it was. What do you think's changed then, Carl? Well, I think the whole of, you know, the whole of society has changed. I think the options, the availability, the uh, you know, to clients, to what they, what's now, now available to them. So I think it's just that you can't tie someone into your small business any longer, or you're going to have real difficulty doing it because the options are just, you know, so massive. I would have thought 
online for lots of businesses would have had an effect on that as well. You know, it's really hard to be loyal to you know, a business when there are alternatives uh, and cheaper alternatives and quicker alternatives and maybe better alternatives. So I think it's just, you know, the, the world of retail, the world of business is changing all the time. I don't think it's not, you know, that it's impossible to have a, a, a loyal following. I just think it's very hard now to actually tie them in with a mechanical system. Because there are still some people that have, there's some, still some companies that still have loyalty schemes and they seem to work, be working fairly well. I mean, obviously the most obvious one uh, would be Cle- uh, Tesco's Club Card, uh, which is still up and running. And I know Sainsbury's have a similar thing with their Nectar Points. And you know, those things have been running, seems to be for sort of absolute years. And you know, they're part of society now. We just almost automatically expect that that's how it's going to work. But then also I know that smaller companies, I've, I've got into coffee shops, for instance, in the past, and you get a loyalty card, if you, you have you buy so many coffees, you get one free and those kind of things. So I think they're still out there, aren't they? Well, they're still out there. I think you should split all those things down. So take a look at um, Tesco's to start with. That Tesco's scheme diminished about eight or ten years ago. It was, you know, it was highly rewarding for people. And then they took away, I don't know if you can think this far back, they took away so many of the benefits. The points are still very, very hard to get compared to how they used to be. And what they are doing, maybe different to small independent businesses, they're collecting a database. They want to know your buying habits. So they're not so much re- trying to reward you for your loyalty. They're saying, keep coming because we want to keep a track on you. We want to kind of know what you're doing so that we can use that information to make the shopping experience better. You see, so it's a different angle to what maybe small businesses We'll talk about Costa in a moment, but what small businesses were doing, which were basically, look, come to my my spa or my salon or come to my cafe. I've seen this done in small food outlets. And if you have 10 breakfasts with us or you have 10 haircuts with us, we're going to stamp this card and we're going to give you a, an 11th breakfast or 11th haircut. Now, that is the scheme that I'm upfront and say, stop doing it. It's absolutely ludicrous that that scheme needs to be in place in your business now because it's quite simple. If you're going to a business, I don't know, 10 weeks on the trot for a breakfast or 10 weeks on the trot or 10 months on the trot, should I say, for a haircut, look, you're going the 11th month. You're going the 11th week. So that's all you're doing is actually you know, um, diminishing your margin, your profitability. So that's the type of scheme that I don't think there's any space for anymore. Maybe with the hairdressers then, perhaps you need to be offering them something for coming back a second time, not a tenth time. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's lots of businesses like that where you want to reward them very quickly because usually businesses, you know, I think this is most businesses, if you use a business two or three times, you probably have made a decision to say, well, I'm going to carry on using you because I like what you say, I like what you do, I like the way you present. So maybe the engagement is in the early days, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's part of a loyalty scheme. That might just be part of an introductory kind of structure. Do you think it's because some of our behaviours have changed as buyers, as um, maybe a reason why they're not so successful as they used to be? Um, Because I went to a really well-known coffee shop and they said, oh, here's your card and stamped it. And to be honest with you, I just put it in my pocket and now I've lost it. <laughs> I'm thinking if they are online now, that would be 
for me, much more valuable. Do you think maybe the tactile cards now have had their time? That's you, Claire. That's just, I just, it's probably just me. But actually, my, my daughter loved it, though. And she's, she's kept it like a precious jewel. I don't know. Um, I wondered what your thoughts were, but I've lost mine. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you're right. And those tactile cards, when we talk about other parts of marketing that I'm involved in, um, I'm very much still in favour of some tactile cards because it's very hard to kind of convert everyone with a digital system all the time. Not everybody wants to use one. But if you look at those cards, and I can remember when I had my, my businesses, my salons in particular, my till ended up being full of the cards that people didn't want to carry around for that purpose, which was, I'm going to lose it, can I leave it here? And I set that scheme up originally thinking every time they opened their wallet or their purse, they would see me. But that backfired because I ended up storing them all for them. And we gave away more and more services that they didn't need to have. So people are shopping differently. And I also think you've got to look at the motive of the people doing it. So we mentioned Costa just a little while ago. Are they really tying you into some sort of loyalty? Because there will be people who say, oh, you know, it's like the same with all brands, isn't it? You know, my brand, whether it's uh, me as a coach or whether it's uh, Apple or whether it's Costa Coffee, the people are uh, undeniably loyal or, you know, have a preference for them in many ways. But it's not because of a loyalty scheme. It's because of the way they've been treated. So I would look at something like Costa and say, are they really trying to tie you in for loyalty because giving away coffee, which is already a very high margin product. So they're not actually going to give you a lot because every time they bring you in for that sixth coffee, I actually don't know what they give away these days. Maybe it's a seven. It was a coffee, actually. And then yeah. I thought, oh, maybe, maybe not. You know, it's yeah. no skin off my nose, but is it really? Claire, did you buy a pastry? Uh, that time, no. <laughs> not that time. <laughs> that time, no. But no. I did get the cake the cake the time before, if I'm honest. Yeah, but that, that's what they're gambling on is saying, yeah. look, I'm going to give you a coffee, which is already massive margin. I've made a ton of profit on you already. So giving you a seventh one isn't going to be a problem. Plus, along the way, you probably picked up a cake or a sandwich. Look, we're making tons of profit out of you. We can afford to do this. I think there's lots of people out there, especially small businesses, not so much, like I said, Tesco's, maybe the Sainsbury's system, are just really playing with a database. That They're not trying to really make you loyal because people aren't or don't tend to be loyal to supermarkets. They tend to move around depending on their financial circumstances or, you know, their their logistical issues, as in can they travel very far? Do they have a car? Can they stop somewhere on the way home? So there isn't, you know, I'm really casting a a doubt over whether people are loyal uh, very much at all. Okay, so if we've established, that's a really good place to start from because it seems that loyalty schemes as they were, perhaps don't work anymore because we've changed. So what would be a good alternative to that that maybe could work? So the terminology that would replace that would be a reward scheme. So what we're going to do with a reward scheme is we're going to reward you for your service to us. So you might argue, well, that's the same as the loyalty, except it isn't. Except this time... Well, you can use the coffee shop scenario. We can use the salon scenario, which I'm highly familiar with. Let's say instead of going to your salon, Claire, you um, don't get um, a cut and blow dry, which you always have anyway. 
And so that could be deemed, in, in my view as a coach, well, we're just giving away a cut and blow dry after eight visits. What if this time we were to give you a um, free or maybe a discounted, I don't know, eyelash tint or eyebrows or you know something that you wouldn't normally have? Now the purpose of that process is to say, okay, we are going to reward loyal people because we're going to give them something, but not necessarily the thing they always have. Let's give them something else. Let's let's train these people. Okay, that's you, Claire, these people. Uh, let's train these people that we have alternative services. And now, if it does cost me some money to give that seventh or tenth thing away, but we repeat that sale while we grow in our business. So, Paul, the answer is, I think, the loyalty thing where you just get the same thing from turning up time and time again, it should be dead, to be honest with you. But I think the reward scheme for um, ongoing visit, I can't use the loyalty thing, I just don't think it's there. For coming here often enough, we are going to reward you, uh, but we're going to tie you into our business with some other scheme. Yeah, so um, I guess when you're talking about reward schemes, you can then open it up to... Upselling, isn't uh, it, really? Uh, yeah, exactly. Not only upselling, but also referring as well. Mm. That's that could be part of a, a reward scheme, rewarding people if they um, if they refer you to someone else and giving you and them a discount or something, perhaps. So obviously, we've established that yeah, with the big guys like Tesco's and Sainsbury's and things, they're doing it for a bit of an information or a data exchange, so that you're getting a little, maybe a little bit of a discount on certain products, but in return, they're getting your information and learning about your buying habits. So if we wanted to scale that down and use that for a smaller business, um, how mechanically would we be able to set something up? So if we're going to have a, ro uh, a loyalty, not loyalty scheme, so if we're going to have a reward scheme uh, for our existing client base, uh, there is obviously going to be a bit of a data exchange. So how does that work? Well, I think most businesses these days have some sort of software system. We, it, it could depend what you're selling, of course. If you go into a small corner shop, you know, buy a tin of beans, they're not going to take your data um, on that basis. But most businesses now are wanting to email market you. So most people have got some sort of software system. They already, they probably don't even realize what they're doing. They are already collecting data on your shopping habits. They know how often you come, they know your average spend, they know that um, the things you're buying, they know how often you're buying them. So that data for many, many businesses, it already exists. They just gotta, they just need to extrapolate that and use it in, in a different way. Oh, whoa, whoa, Stop. whoa, whoa, Claire, did you write that down? <laughs> no, because I wouldn't know how to spell it. <laughs> Extrapolate. <laughs> That's a brilliant one, Carl. I've not heard that for a long while. It's been a while since that one's come good. out. That's good. Extrapolate. I think it's I think it's spelled as it sounds, Claire. Yeah, but that doesn't help me always, does it? <laughs> Claire's reaching for the Google, aren't you, Claire? <laughs> I, actually, I did think that, <laughs> Carl. Actually, I was about to do that. Anyway, sorry, yeah. sorry to pause you there in, in midflow, no, no, but you know, we had okay. to we had a, we had a, we had to pull up extra extra. I can't even say it now. We had to pull up extrapolate. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, we got to extrapolate that information uh, and use it. So I think even the smallest of businesses can use that information. They can collect client data. Now, there's lots and lots of ways of doing that, and some of it is a bit kind of when I say old fashioned, I'm I'm talking maybe five and ten years old. You know, you could do things like you know, prize draws to, to gather their data. You can do competitions to gather their data. 
But I think the most powerful data is their kind of uh, shopping habits with you. Because even if you're not going to use that data to get them to spend more money in the short term, you can certainly use it to grow your business. You can use it to say, look, this is my shortfall. I, I talk a lot to businesses about clients not coming often enough. You know, one of the problems that most small businesses say, I want my clients to come back. Um, no, I want more new clients. That's what they tell me, particularly in things like the service industry, you know, in the food industry. They say, Carl, I want more new clients. But when you look at the data, well, why doesn't this person come to you more often for a meal or more often for use of your spa? But if we haven't got that data, we satisfy ourselves, okay, with this. We are satisfied that Claire comes to my business often. Now, often isn't a isn't a isn't a business math or a, or a mathematical equation. No. Often just satisfies my ego. I'm so pleased to see Claire in my business that it's okay. But why don't I see Claire in my business every week or every two weeks or every month? So I think they can gather the data quite easily with some simple, simple and very cheap software, but they've got to analyze it and, and work out how to use well, it. Well, I guess the data is only as good as how you use it, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day. Well, yeah. Do you know, I work again with lots and lots of businesses across different sectors. You wouldn't believe how many of them have very, very expensive software systems with reports you know, kind of reports. Colourful pie charts and things like oh, that. Oh, Claire, that's your language. I love pie charts. You love a pie oh, I love chart. that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you can think of, and the only thing they do with it is use it as a posh till. Right, yeah. Right. They already exist out there. You go and have a look at, um, next time you go to a half-decent restaurant, or even go to McDonald's for that matter, they've got a keypad. Yeah, every, they, they, you know, they're not, they're not writing on bits of paper any longer. Everyone has got a computer. We are collecting, the, but we don't use it. We don't get the reports off and analyze the average spend of something. We just are just grateful sometimes that people turn up at our business. Bearing in mind, Carl, that these companies are collecting, you know, quite personal data um, on their on their clients, you know, behavioral shopping habits. Um, how does that work, though, with regards to uh, GDPR? Um, you know, if somebody maybe is listening and thinking, okay, they would like to gain some data from their clients and to look at how they're spending money with them. What are you allowed to do and not allowed to do? Surely there has to be some sort of GDPR implication on that. Look, well, GDPR is very simple. You can use the data collected through GDPR as long as you've declared it and the client has agreed it. So the, the point is when you come into a business and you say to them, I'm going to, you know, I'll take your email address so I can keep in contact with you and, and tick this box and sign this form and, and you're signing for me to say that I can use this information for marketing and I won't use it or share it with anyone else. And we would have done that when we signed up with the Tesco's loyalty card or the, or anything like that. We signed something to say that they can use the data. But you are right, Claire, we can't take people's email addresses. We can't even buy them or search for them and then just start smashing out emails. Mm. Absolutely not. But most businesses don't want to do that anyway because you don't want to tie in a client or try even and waste your time trying to tie in a client who's got no allegiance to you, who hasn't experienced what you're doing, that's probably a much more broader marketing um, tool and, and one that isn't used as much now. And I guess the mailing list thing is a really powerful way to set up a reward scheme relatively easily. Let's break it down to something simple. If a business wants to do that for themselves and set up a, a maybe a mailing list 
based reward scheme um what kind of things would be a good offer do you think well it depends what kind of sector you're going to be in i think it's going to be something that the client aspires to but would not normally buy for themselves you know i always think of this when you're buying a gift for someone for their birthday or something you should always buy them something that they would buy for themselves but haven't yet so th that way you you're assured that they're going to be not necessarily satisfied, but they're going to be pleased with the gift. Um, and just like when you go to buy something. So maybe you're at a restaurant and you, I don't know, I can't think of anything that's that's amazing on a restaurant menu, but you've always wanted to try the, prawns. the big, massive... Sorry, Claire? Prawns. The prawns. Okay, we'll go with prawns yeah, yeah. then. Actually, I've never actually eaten a prawn. <gasps> now, that is a very <laughs> shocking. That's the revelation of the episode. I've never eaten a prawn. Wow. I mean, am I missing out? Should, should I be Should I be going for the prawns, Carl? Yes. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm a big seafood fan, so um, I would recommend everyone tries yeah. um, lots and lots of um, different uh, seafood. But you know this conversation is going to end up with Claire and I talking about wine again, isn't yes, it? Yes, I know. Just need a nice glass of white <laughs> yeah. wine to go with that prawn dish. Well, we're, we're edging closer towards fish and chips already oh, Carl gosh. and I know that's your favourite one hungry again yeah well <laughs> what about that in a fish and chip shop so you go in there for fish and chips all the time if you had a database what if you could offer me you know a much more expensive fish maybe the hake which is two pounds more and let me try that you know on some sort of and I do mean a deal, but look, I know you love your fish and chips. Let's just try something different. Maybe I can convert you to a, a purchase where you're now going to spend two or three pounds more every time. So I think it's a matter of getting the client to try something that they're interested in, which may convert them to a, an ongoing purchase. I like that whole restaurant thing, though, Carl, because I don't know about you, Claire, but whenever I go into a restaurant, there's normally mm. there's normally about two or three different meals that I tend to go for, especially if it's a new restaurant and I'm a bit unfamiliar with them. I'll just go, oh, I'll have, the, I'll have that because I know that's a safe bet. Um, yeah. But then, actually, you're right, Carl. We are creatures of habits, and in restaurants, we tend to eat the same thing time and time again, but often wonder what the other stuff's like, so maybe there is an opportunity there i think it's opportunity in most things especially like i said in the in the service sector we all want to kind of um try things we all want to um we always want to have a purchase that is aspirational i think it's the job of the small business owner to actually facilitate that and if you can facil facilitate that through a, a loyalty scheme or through a reward scheme I'm trying to kind of stay away from the word discount because I'm fairly anti-discount in most businesses as well. I, I don't see the, the immediate strength in discounting for most businesses. When you're in a relationship, it's different. When you're in a relationship with someone and you give someone something for free, now that's completely different to giving a discount because a discount might say that we're a price-conscious business and that there is a value to this item, which is normally, say, £10, but we can actually sell it for five pounds. And I think there's a subliminal message there that doesn't go well with lots of businesses. When you give something for free, that might demonstrate your generosity, that might demonstrate your loyalty or your affection towards them. There is a guy in America who um, says, and this goes back to your earlier point, Paul, about how do you get someone to come to you you're ongoing? And he doesn't use a loyalty scheme. He gives them an amazing meal when they first come in. He checks with them how much they love it. And when he, um, when the, the, they finish their meal, he says, how did you enjoy, say, the, the chicken wings? And they say, they're amazing. He say, listen, 
my buffalo wings or my my ribs are so amazing i want you and your wife to come in and it's going to be free or it's going to be half price and then when they come in then for the second time the third time he says listen what do you think of the onion rings and he says amazing well you should next time try our here's another voucher or here's another very nice and yeah. he makes them come. that's clever yeah, with a bit of personal, with a bit of personal touch as well. Yeah, and I think actually what that does is that reinforces the importance of getting the feedback immediately from that person and building that relationship up with them because surely that's going to allow for a natural, loyal relationship in the first place, which is the whole point. One of the things we don't do in lots and lots of businesses, we don't talk to the client. It's like it's like it's frowned upon why don't we actually talk to the client so when you come into my restaurant or one of my spas or something like that why does the manager or owner think they shouldn't talk to the client so at the end of the meal why don't we say how did you and i don't mean in in a in a superficial way like the waiter would you know i'm not like did you enjoy your meal yes goodbye i mean what did you enjoy about tonight how was it for you what would you have changed about tonight if you could have changed something what kind of feedback have you got for me? Do you really enjoy what I'm doing here? You know, why don't we talk to people like that? Before the pandemic, I used to go to exhibitions and I used to take thousands, literally thousands of um, business cards with me. And I used to call it the power of the handshake. So if I wasn't invited to speak, I would still go. And if there was nothing there to kind of like that, I would still go. And I would walk around and I used to stand on my phone saying, uh, you know, I'm live in this venue. Anybody want to catch up? You might not know who I am. Let's go for a coffee. And I would just go to tables and walk past people and say, Carl, uh, business coach, shake your hand, shake your hand. And the power of handshake, because it's now all hidden away, isn't it? Behind that soft screen of social media. So I think all the personal interactions, so small businesses watching this now or listening to this now, should I say, they should be, you know, much more, you know, getting out there they should really front up to the client and start talking to them i guess maybe that is the modern equivalent of a loyalty scheme isn't it if you want people to be loyal to you then you've got to be loyal back do you know what during this um the, the last two years the businesses that i worked with that came out most or no came out the strongest were the businesses that i instructed to keep in contact with their clients and when i say keep in contact i don't mean by email I mean by actually phoning them up. Okay, now some of these businesses are huge, so they had to break it down and phone whatever, 50 a week or something like that. But these businesses opened, reopened, should I say, and people just turned up because they kept in contact with them. One of the guys decided that, Carl, that's great. Let's go a bit further. So he started phoning them to see if they wanted anything. And he found himself bouncing around the city delivering bread and milk. Now, and he wasn't charging them for it, by the way. He would take it there, knock on the door, say, you know, there's some bread and milk there for you. I'm going to leave you to it. These guys reopened absolutely laughing. Everyone else who sat on their their laurels, they, they struggle and they're still struggling now because the people have identified that maybe the owner isn't as loyal to me as I am to them. The topic of the episode was about loyalty schemes and we, we now discovered that they're kind of a little bit outdated and they've kind of become more of a reward scheme, which I guess gives you uh, a wider breadth of uh, options. Uh, you can do so many things with a reward scheme and it's great. So let's do a little bit of a recap before we wrap up then, Carl. Um, sort of three tips to running a successful reward scheme. What would you suggest people hone down on? I think the first thing is to identify 
what is in what is an incentive for the client so people will spend more money with you when the thing that they're working towards is something in their interest so make sure it's a, an incentive for them to remain loyal I would say monitor, make sure you are monitoring your, the um, data that's coming in and you're actually using it all of the time. It's not a one-off thing. And thirdly, I would say identify that you actually have a reward scheme and not a loyalty scheme where you're simply giving away your profits. Yeah, and I think I think actually what we've talked about, Carl, just highlights the importance of moving with the times um, and maybe not just sticking with things that you think you should be doing, making sure you know why you're doing them and ultimately what outcome that's going to bring for your business. I think in business altogether, Claire, we've got to get the kind of, I, I hate this terminology, but people get it straight away. We really have to have that think outside the box mentality. We are trying, too many businesses are trying to kind of run their business like a paint-by-numbers system where they get a manual or they follow a coach or they jump on a YouTube video and they think that's the formula. But the formula isn't that. The formula is maybe, the, the that might be the foundation of the formula, but the formula is going to be something that's different to your competitors and competition sounds like a completely different discussion guys yeah if you want to stand out you've got to do things that make you stand out otherwise you're gonna just be like everyone else thank you so much carl and uh, also for being our return guest as well so thank you for coming back onto the show no problem it's been an absolute pleasure if people would like to find out more about you where can they find you carl best place to start is at the website www.salon-help.co.uk this is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Do you know, I think I prefer the term reward scheme rather than loyalty scheme because reward is giving something, whereas loyalty is receiving something, isn't it? Uh, and much better to give a customer something uh, for them coming back or from the, for them giving you their custom rather than just saying, you know, we want you to keep coming back. Yeah, and I think the word loyalty is very sort of, can be very questionable as well. You know, what does loyalty look like for one person to another person? But actually rewarding, I, I lend my... Th- I was going to say I lend my thinking to... Um, <laughs> Have you got enough thinking to lend? <laughs> I lend my thinking to is rewarding, is saying thank, is saying thank you. And that is what you're doing. You're saying thank you for coming to us. Of course us. you are. Yeah. So. Even if it's just once. I mean, and if, even if it's just relatively ad hoc. I know that in the past I've had people who have referred me to uh, other people and it's turned into businesses or in it's turned into business. Or even if it hasn't, I've said thank you in one way or another. Um, even if it's just something as trivial like as sending them a bunch of flowers and saying, yeah, thank you very much for mentioning me to this person. Yeah, I, I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, and. If that happens the other way, I know, but if that happens to me, if I refer someone to someone else and yeah, I get a nice thank you back, then I'm more likely to do that again. Yeah, and people at the end of the day want to feel special. You know, they want to feel acknowledged. They want to feel listened to. Um, and it goes back to so many times when we've touched on this before, that how do you stand out from the crowd? You know, how are you memorable? And how do you make that impact and make a difference? And you talked about an experience you had. Mm. So... It's obviously made an impact because otherwise you would have talked about it in the first place. 
there's a couple of really good episodes that we've had in the past which um, would be really useful to you to listen to after you've listened to this one which mm. obviously have because we're at the end of it now um, there's one we did um, a couple of years ago with a guy called James St. Pierre and I'm just trying to remember what the title of the podcast is it'll come to me I'll look it up in a second um, but he is a master at keeping his clients and customers happy and very interesting to find out exactly what he does in order to do that so there's one thing you could definitely learn a little bit more about uh, from his episode uh, but also we did one right the way back at the beginning of uh, 2020 when we started doing this podcast one of the very first episodes we did was about mailing lists and how they work yep. and how you can make those work as part of a reward scheme uh, and that's um, I think it's something as simple as how to mailing lists work right the way back um, episode 4 or 5 or something like that I think it was email marketing and the other one um I was thinking of we've we've done an episode how to develop trust with your clients you know yep. how to be memorable it's all around you know the same thing which is how do you make a difference and how do you stand out from the competition so if, if you haven't had a little bit of a dive through our back episodes please do that because there's some more information you can gather uh, on the subject that we've done today and of course a whole bunch of other subjects as well go and have a dive in another 89 episodes for you to listen to right now I hope you've got plenty of time uh, so we're done here thank you very much for listening thank you very much to Carl for all that uh, really fascinating information about reward schemes rather than loyalty schemes and um, yeah if there's a subject you'd like us to cover on the podcast then why not get in touch and let us know maybe there's something we haven't already covered or something perhaps you're struggling with within your business right now we'll go and find an expert who knows a thing or two about whatever it is you need help with right now so you can find our back catalogue of episodes at our website which is biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and you can also find us on social media Facebook LinkedIn as well and if you'd like to send us a voice note with any suggestions of future episodes it'd be lovely to hear from you or just come and say hello that's good too and we'll say hello back maybe a bit more than that i mean you know conversation <laughs> would be nice just don't say hello because that's a bit Hi. scary <laughs> uh we're done here thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time say goodbye claire bye-bye you've been listening to the big little business show with paul mumford and claire horsley you can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show.